0: You want me to kick it off? You kick it off? Go for it. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Red 5 standing by. I am Iron Man. I am Loki of Asgard, and I am burdened with glorious purpose. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. Oh.
1: Yeah.
0: Hello there. Yes. I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. If you step out that door, you are an Avenger. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's Mightiest Heroes type of thing. Superhero landing.
1: She's gonna do a superhero landing. Wait for it!
0: I could do this all day. Hey folks welcome back to movie punditry um it's, um, it's me randell joined by mike this, this is mike yeah how you doing tomorrow right, and you not too bad a little bit of a slow week since the we last talk um waiting for the rest of these joker reviews to roll in i think tonight is just thursday we're recording it's technically open at night right
1: yeah it opened tonight so okay. we'll uh we'll see how it is so we have a we have a Friend of ours who went to the opening, yes, uh, to an
0: to an empty theater. So, I, I give him it. It was what, like maybe four o'clock, five. Yeah,
1: I was looking at uh, our local theater has, uh, you know, the the app where you can go and buy your tickets and pick your seats and stuff like that. And, you know, they've got they've got it showing in like four theaters and all of them had at least at when I, when I looked at four thirty for the evening shows, all of them had at least, you know, three quarters, if not more of the seats open. So I don't know if that's indicative
0: of uh, what's going to happen or not. What is this thing tracking at? What do you think DC expects to make from his film? <sighs> I
1: don't know, man. It's uh it's going to be a tough call. Um, I think this is going to be. I think this is going to be a slow burn. Actually, I don't think it's going to have um, like a big opening mm. weekend um, because of everything that's going on around it. But I think you know if this turns out to be a good film, which like everything I'm hearing about it is that it's really a great film. I think people are going to start to come to it. Um, I think they're looking at probably about 150 million or so for opening weekend, which is not, um, you know, it's not knocking the cover off the ball. It's not going to break any records, but um, and that's that's worldwide. I don't know what it's going to do domestically, but um, probably half of that. So figure 75 million domestic. you know, 75 million worldwide. I think if like that. that's what D.C. gets, I think they're happy. Yeah, I think that I think that is. I don't know if they're going to get that. Um, but because there doesn't seem to be a lot of uh, a lot of takers, at least not tonight. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how things go over the weekend.
0: Oh, Since we're talking D.C., let's move on to this Birds of Prey trailer. And what did you think of this? Um, well, it's, uh,
1: it's kind of chaotic, but I think that's, uh, intentional. You know, I watched it a couple of times. It's, um, it's, it seems to be interesting. I mean, obviously it's very Margot Robbie heavy. Um, it seems to be a lot more pulled together thematically than Suicide Squad was. Um, you know, if you just kind of look at, you know, just th- small things like the color palette, you know, there's um, a lot of there's a lot of pink and blue, which is, you know, indicative of, of Harley herself. There's a lot of imagery of, you know, um, uh, that's reminiscent <laughs> of Black Mask. So, I, I you know, I think that... Um, seems to be fairly focused. It seems to be very, you know, kind of cohesive in what it's trying to say, even through all the chaos of what may turn out to be the plot. I don't know.
0: I'm kind of interested in it. I finally got to sit down and watch that whole trailer today, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And I'm getting Suicide Squad. Okay, so I didn't hate Suicide Squad like everybody else. And I hope this movie is much more focused than that was. But I'm looking at this trailer and I'm like, this isn't inspiring me that I want to run out, you know, open the night and see it. And I will, but I think I'm going to see it out of obligation that it's a comic book movie and that we have this podcast. But other than that, I'm looking at this trailer like what the hell is going on? And granted, I don't want them to give the whole movie away to me in the trailer, but it seems like what to try to, get that kid away from black mask. It's only thing I can think of.
1: Yeah. So, you know, from what I understand is, um, yeah, that the kid has, uh, found a diamond that belongs to black mask and black mask is sending his guys after her. And somehow she comes, you know, under Harley's wing, Harley's protection and Harley recruits this team, you know, group of uh, you know misfits or whatever to protect her against uh, against Roman. So uh, I guess okay. that's the broad sketch of the plot.
0: I'm with it. And uh, so we got February on this. And it's OK. So here's my other thing, though. What's like, that? If this young girl is playing Cassandra Kane, I need to know. They must be giving me an alternative version of Cassandra Kane because she grows up to be one, one of the most Lethal. Uh, combat experts in the in the Gotham Batman universe. Uh, I don't know if we're going in that direction, but uh, this is when I get kind of upset with companies that start taking these characters in a completely different directions. So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, so, well, and obviously, we've, we've obviously seen characters in In comic book movies, both in DC and Marvel, that are really kind of only in name only the same as their uh, comic book analogs. So, yeah, you know, is this Cassandra Kane the one who's going to grow up to be, you know, a version of Batgirl or is going to grow up to be, you know, what we see in the comic books? Who knows? You know, this is obviously a, a younger version of her. Um, we don't even know what this version of yeah Black Mask is going to be. Is he really going to be Roman Sionis the way we know Roman Sionis to be? Who knows? Is is Victor's ass going to be the same Victor's as we know yeah, from the comics? Because that's a really have really, Todd Phillips make another movie about that guy. And, uh, Exactly. So, you know, I mean, we don't know what any of these things are going to be. We got to just kind of wait and see what they're going to do with them. I guess. Um, It's, it's an interesting mix of characters. i got to say, and and it kind of dances around the whole Batman, Batman mythos um, in a kind of interesting way without diving into it, you know, sort of like, I guess Gotham kind of did. It's like it, clearly exists in the same universe as Batman, but we're not going to get Batman. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, how the whole thing kind of, uh, kind of works, you know? I mean, obviously Roman Sionis has mm-hmm. a very deep background with the Waynes, uh, both with Bruce Wayne, both with Bruce Wayne and with Thomas Wayne. So, demented, um, you know, Victor Zaz has a very integral kind of relationship with uh yeah with batman so you know they i, I think he they tried yeah, to put him into they, one of the original batman wasn't or he in batman like, begins like there was a character that was supposed to be him that didn't do anything that didn't do anything
0: yeah he didn't do much at all
1: right so you know but that you know that character's got a lot going on with uh with batman so um i don't know if you noticed it but in one of the One of the shots in the trailer, they had, uh, you know, they kind of showed like Harley and her little charm necklace there. And one of the charms on the necklace was a was a dog tag, like a dog bone shaped uh, dog tag with the word Bruce on it. I don't know what that means.
0: That's pretty cool. But so the other thing, I mean, if so, supposedly the whole Matt Reeves Batman isn't even connected to anything else that's going on, right? Yeah,
1: I think that's standalone.
0: So I think,
1: you know, this film exists in the universe with Ben Affleck's Batman. But, um, you know, we don't know what. Uh, obviously, we're not getting Ben Affleck's Batman anymore. So we don't yeah, know how, I don't know how they're going to work out,
0: you know, are they even doing a shared universe anymore? I mean, sort of because the Flash, I think, well, he got a new they got a new director for that Ezra. Is staying on, and what? So I guess Wonder Woman and Aquaman exist the same universe, and maybe this Harley Quinn film, and the Batman is somewhere else, like a Elsewhere story, along with Joker.
1: Yeah, so I think that's exactly right. You know, I think you know. Me- like the joker film matt reeves's film is gonna or it's gonna be you know this new batman film is going to be its own thing i think um so yeah i mean i guess the dceu is kind of breaking up so to speak um at least as far as like the shared universe goes you know i i don't know that um Okay, so well, the, I haven't—I haven't seen Shazam. Does Shazam I, exist in that universe too?
0: Okay, so I think it does, and I think it doesn't. I'll say it does because there, like, there's a scene where when Billy first goes to the foster home, and the kid has like you know newspaper clippings of of Batman and Superman, but you don't see uh, Ben Affleck's face. And then um, there's a scene. The post credit scene is Shazam shows up to eat lunch with the kids and. Henry, Cavill's, Henry Cahill's Superman suit shows up, but you never see the face, you know, because they don't know what the hell they're doing with Superman. So, like, Superman's body shows up, grabs a tray of food and sits down with the kids. And it's the right. exact same suit. So, I'm like, okay, I guess this is in the same universe. And they're doing a sequel to Shazam. Who knows? I don't even know if they know what's going on over there. Yeah. Like I'm happy that they're making films and I think that's they're good at making movies. I don't know if they're good at doing the whole cinematic universe thing with like Marvel. And I think it can be loosely connected. You know, I don't think everything has to tie in together. Not everything has to lead into one another. Like if you want to do a team up movie, you don't have to do a team up movie. Maybe I I always felt the route they should have went was Man of Steel, Man of Steel 2, a Batman film. And then you give me maybe a Batman Superman film. I don't, you know, they rushed it, obviously. But I feel like they can keep making films and they can be loosely connected. And I think that would be the best route for them to go. And maybe that's what they're going to do. But, you know, because not everybody can make what Marvel made work. I think there's a lot of like planning and luck that went into that. And then the fact we've never... A lot of those characters we've never seen on screen before. So there was a, a lot of mystery and yeah. intrigue and, and excitement. How many versions of Batman have we had now? It's more than my fingers and toes, right? Yep. Well,
1: I mean, you had uh, Batman 66. Uh, you had Tim Burton's Batman. You know, I don't know. You, you want to call get, that, two or three? Uh, two movies. You had. Joel Schumacher's Batman. Yeah. <laughs> so there's two, right? There's two movies there. So, but that's the, th- that's the third version. And then you had Nolan's Batman, and then you had, you know, Batfleck, and now you got, you know, set six. I mean, you can't, you know, you care. I don't know if you want to count the 66 Batman, but, you know, it was a film version of Batman, I guess. So. Yeah.
0: We've had, what, three or four Superman's?
1: Yeah, you had, you know, Christopher Reeve, and then you had uh, Brandon Routh, and then you had Henry Cavill, so that's three.
0: Yeah. I, you got to count
1: Dean Kane too. Yeah. Well, but he hasn't been in a movie.
0: No, it, it was
1: still Superman. Well, you count George Reeves, then, I guess.
0: Yeah. Might as well. So, I think... I don't know if I want to say there was like DC fatigue to a certain extent, but I mean, you can reboot this guy as many times as you want, but at some point in time, maybe you can stick with somebody for a while.
1: Well, I, I, I just think it's been so uneven, you know, I mean, it's hard to kind of say you've got DC fatigue when Marvel literally did a 22 movie arc in one story. And that doesn't count, you know, all the Spider-Man movies that doesn't count all the X-Men movies that doesn't count. (laughs) the blade movies that doesn't count you know watch you know all the other marvel movies so i mean it's i think it's fatiguing in that it's just not coherent
0: And, and that's what i meant like at least with the marvel thing they were telling a bunch of stories but with an overall story taking you somewhere yeah like it was basically a television series on the screen
1: Right, and and I right. think if you're going to
0: do disjointed
1: movie, you know, if you're not going to do that, that's fine. But then just don't do it. You know, like the X, like yeah. the X Men movies never really cared about continuity. You know, no. they were even even the ones with you know Patrick Stewart and and um, you know that that group and Ian McKellen and and you know that Hugh Jackman. That group of movies was was really loosely connected to one another. Mm-hmm. You know, you had you know the the three the brian singer movies and then i mean then you had the spin-offs and you had the ratner you know the the wolverine movies and you had the you know and they were all kind of floating around one another but they really didn't tell one story and you know they were more standalone than they were like a, a group of sequels but that's okay that's what we got and that's what we expected yeah. and they never tried to be to have a lot of continuity between all those movies, and that's fine. You know, DC this DCU tried to be Marvel, and they did it really terribly. And, you know, so each movie in itself is not necessarily bad. You know, I mean, I think we both agree Man of Steel is a good movie. I think we both yes. agree Wonder Woman is a good movie.
0: No, you don't like Wonder Woman. No, okay, I do not like Wonder Woman. I no. Here is the thing. I think it's a very competent movie. It's a very well acted movie. I think it is a soulless movie. I couldn't connect with anybody in that film. And I think what messed it up for me is I heard I didn't see it in theaters. I heard such great hype. It was great. It's great. It's great. great. DC's on track. And then when I watched it, I'm like I don't know if maybe the hype was too much. But maybe i guess i don't
1: i don't know that i necessarily agree with you on all that i think it kind of fell apart a little bit in the third act but i think i don't know i think i kind of really connected with chris chris pine's character and and i really bought the relationship between the two of them but i mean that's fine um i liked aquaman i liked aquaman a lot i thought aquaman was great uh weird in in the middle I i happen to really like it um you know, Suicide Squad, I actually really didn't like very much. I liked it. Um, you know, so, but that's what I mean. They're, they're, they're all kind of uneven an and they don't, you know, you know, there's some that I like a lot, you know, and some that I didn't like a lot. There some that you like a lot, some you didn't like a lot. And I think, you know, if you look at Marvel, there's a much greater consistency between the highs and lows. Yeah. You know, there's, better movies and there's worse movies but there's 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 no movie in that whole infinity saga that whole 22 old movie arc that's like god awful that you it's
0: unwatchable no there isn't you're right
1: there's just um there's just a couple of movies that just aren't as good as the other you know there's dark world and iron man 2 or whatever that just aren't as good as the other ones they're not they're they're seven out of ten instead of you know whatever so, but I think you know, there's big swings in the DC. There's big swings and misses in the DC
0: movies, and, and that's what
1: kind of bugs people.
0: Have they had a, I would say like a, a a one one movie that's like a consensus, like okay, this is really good. No,
1: because there's a lot of people who don't like Man of Steel. I I think Man of Steel is probably the best of the bunch.
0: Yeah, I think Man of Steel's fantastic. I oh, I think the closest one might be Shazam. That people really love, I would say it had the most positive.
1: Okay, I guess that's fair. Huh. You know, I haven't heard any, I haven't really heard anything like really
0: negative. Have you seen it, it yet? I haven't, I just said no, I haven't seen so, it. So, uh, it's on sale on Voodoo, so I'll purchase it. Folks that don't know, me and Mike kind of share a, a voodoo account, and uh, so we you know make sure we stay up to date on these superhero movies, Wookiee movies, and and things of that nature. Speaking of Wookies, um, two things. Uh, George, George Lucas, you want to talk about that real quickly? Um, but that's why I just wanna say this. Uh, I saw somebody. I think it was Ars Technica. Do you follow Ars Technica online on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. So they put up a, a thing about how I guess in one of the trailers for the Rise of Skywalker, you see the remains of the Death Star, and they're like, "Well, that's just impossible. It wouldn't be just sitting there like that because of." And then they go into all this scientific stuff about how it wouldn't have survived. You know, falling through the atmosphere, and I'm thinking to myself, this is a film series where a seven foot dog flies a air a spaceship, and we're worrying about how the Death Star scientifically made it through the atmosphere without burning up on entry Like somebody's real bored over there, and they need to get that word count out because this is a little too far, fellas.
1: Yeah, so, so. I'm going I'm going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this just to be perfectly clear on my position on this. Star Wars is not science fiction. No. Star Wars is fantasy. Yes, and we've had this conversation before online. And um I could go into that in depth, but basically the the quick definition of, star- of science fiction is is that it takes a look at at science fiction takes a look at us, who we are through the lens of um, either technology or something like aliens or something along the lines that, that are analogs for things that are happening in our existence right now, that, that kind of extends who we are out to, um, to, to make our current, Lives an allegory, and tell a story about us through this other means. Fantasy is just what it is—it's fantasy. And if you've got wizards and swords and princesses and magic forces, you're fantasy, and that's what Star Wars is. So, the idea that the Death Star would you know would the, would get vaporized and there wouldn't be pieces of it on Endor—go home if that's where you're at. Because no. that's not the way fantasy works. This stuff has more
0: in common with Lord of the
1: Rings than it does uh, gravity. It, exactly, exactly. And um, by the way, there was this really great arc in Star Wars comics uh, that talked about like the uh, what the like the ecological disaster that happened on Endor after the Death Star blew up. Um just because of uh, all the fallout from the explosion, landing on the on the moon and, and basically decimating the moon and like killing off most of the so population the of thing? the moon, you know, the Ewoks and the Ewoks and all the other creatures that lived on there it was uh it was it was it was pretty good, but it was also a little science fiction y for Star Wars, you know? And then people, you know, try to come up with all kinds of explanations on why that did happen or didn't happen, and that, you know, well, the Death God Star was forever. a hypermatter core, and it just got sucked into hyperspace, and blah, blah, blah. It's just whatever. It's, it's fantasy. It's just a storytelling tool. Just go with it. There's pieces of it on the on the moon. Go. Just, just go with it. It's fake. You know? But yeah, so George Lucas um, apparently did. Uh, has been kind of coming wait, out wait, of the shell a
0: little bit before you go. And, uh, um, is this George Bob, Lucas come out of his shell or is it, was this started with Bob Iger talking about,
1: well, it started, I was just, as I was just about to say, it started with Bob Iger, you know, um, you know, he wrote a memoir and, um, called uh ride of a lifetime lessons learned from 15 years, as CEO of Walt Disney company. And in that he talked about Lucas, um, and how Lucas felt betrayed by what happened in Star Wars um, when the force awakens came out, because apparently Lucas had, you know, given them when, when the sale happened, Lucas had given them like he had mapped out what the last uh, couple movies of the story were supposed to be, or like what he had thought they were going to be. And they had brought him in and they had meetings with them and he had talked him through the whole thing. And they had, you know, sat down, you know, and gone through everything and then you know george went home and i guess they all sat around and went yeah no and you know they did their own thing with the property that they just bought and you know apparently george uh felt some kind of way do
0: about we know what he wanted these movies to be um was this supposed to basically what the books were i don't know
1: yeah i i, I don't know necessarily um if we know entirely what George's ideas were, but um, the people at Disney certainly did, and they just decided to go in a different direction. Okay, you
0: know yes, they, they, paid, you they paid
1: their four billion dollars for Lucasfilm; they could do whatever they want to do. I interested
0: to see us get the twins and Luke end up with uh, with Mara Jade. Have some reservation in your voice. Um,
1: I think a lot of people would have. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um, Mar has always been a really interesting character. I I don't know that the twins have really been as interesting. Um, I mean, they did some interesting stuff with Jason, but I don't know. I that 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 part of the arc never really never really hooked me, but Marjay... I'm still waiting for my Dash Rendar movie.
0: Because when I got uh, my first... One of my second video games, this was Nintendo 64. First game my parents got me was Shadows of the Empire. And after I played it, I made them get me the book. I thought the book was amazing. And I was really hoping they would turn it into a movie. And I I guess in their mind, they thought they... Remember that was that whole push where they're like, alright, we're going to do... We're not going to do a movie, but we're going to you know, treat this like it is. They gave it a video game. They got, uh, they, they marketed the heck out of the book. They got toys for it. And I just, but I wish we'd got a film where, I mean, hopefully with a Disney Plus series. We get something with Dash Rendar. But that's what I would really love to see them explore. And I mean, hopefully they do. I, I think these other stories are going to find a home on Disney Plus. Because I, it's not, not tell me if wrong, it seemed like, Disney was trying to like Marvelize Star Wars and be this thing where we get a Star Wars movie pretty much every year.
1: I think that was originally the plan. There was, there was, they were, they were actually talking about up to two movies a year. Um, like, like one saga film and one off brand film. So there's one, you know, uh, what were they, what were they calling it? Anthology film. Um, and then, um, And then Solo happened.
0: And do you think they realized that they kind of backed off? That that wasn't a bad film, and they just put it in the wrong time of the year.
1: Yeah, they should have. They should have dropped the film in December. They should own December. I'm, I'm fine with a Star Wars film every December. I am too. I I can live with that. You know, trying to make that a summer movie was a huge mistake. That's not what Star Wars is. Well, Star Wars always was that. But this new version of Star Wars, this Disney version of Star Wars, had you know, was it was December? You know, Force Awakens came out in December, Rogue One came out in December, Last Jedi came out in December, and they owned it. You know, they should have brought Solo out in December, not not in the not for the summer. I think it would have performed a lot better. I would have faced a lot less abuse. It would have, you know, it. it because then, because not only do you not only do you push it forward and you have it out in the summer and it's competing as a summer movie but now you have to wait all this time for another film I don't know, it
0: just seemed a mess Yeah, it was a mess and then, I have to talk about something and I have been debating for a while Kylo Ren telling the truth I think he was
1: I I don't know if he was. A, I I I personally don't like the idea that that raised nobody. Although I understand it, and uh, and if it turns out that that's the case, I'm not going to be mad about it. It's just not where my head is at. I think there's more to her story, and I'm not above the idea. And and I floated this out the like the week after I saw the Last Jedi. Um, I wrote a blog post about it defending the movie because people were hating it. Can you drop that link in the show? But one notes. Of the things that I, uh yeah, I can try to find it. Um but one of the things I, I said in that blog post was if Kylo Ren is telling the truth. I think there's always been a doubt there. I mean, he's he's an evil dude. <laughs> he's 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 not I don't think he's above manipulating her, you know, and manipulating her feelings. And I think that kind of breaking her down and making her think that she's in fact nobody, I think that plays into his hands so um, uh, I I think
0: I'm not completely sold that he was being completely truthful to her I have two thoughts on it, I'd rather her be nobody because it kind of ends the whole like Skywalker thing, like all right, somebody else, this franchise can be on someone else's shoulders I would get why that would make people mad because that's not what people want. And I could also... But then there's a part of me that's like, all right, if they change this, retcon it with JJ at the helm, it's because it pissed people off and they want to do the fan service. And I think what, if that if, if that was just the original plan that there were always going to be nobodies, don't go back and fix it to make people happy. You know, let it stand as is. There's too many times where people change things to appease the fans. Like they t- they're telling a story. This is the story we get. Deal with it.
1: Yeah, and I don't I don't think they're gonna change much. I mean, JJ JJ has said that you know his his film, you know, Rise of Skywalker, is not going to undo the Last Jedi. So, you know, I don't I don't think he's gonna go back on it but that's the that's not to say just like when the force awakens came out you know it left the door open mm-hmm. to a lot of things and Ryan Johnson took that and went in a direction but Ryan Johnson also left the door open for a lot of things and it's going to be up to JJ to kind of you know to 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 take that last stretch and you know is he going to arc back to what his initial thoughts were yeah of course he is I think he's definitely going to do it, but I don't think he's going to do it in a way that's going to undo what Ryan Johnson did and undo what the last Jedi did. And and the whole thing, both films have been leaning into this idea of democratization yeah. of the force. This idea that anybody can be special. That you know that you know JJ JJ said I remember seeing an interview with JJ and and Larry Mar- Larry um at the uh you know when they were doing press tours for the for the force awakens and and jj said something along the lines of hey you know because they because they were talking about like how ray is like you know there's like those accusations that ray was a Sue, yeah. she was like good at everything and you know and and jj was kind of kind of trying to come across this idea that you know well she's you know she's tapping into the force she just doesn't know it she doesn't know how to do it. You know, she's she's not focused, she's not controlled, she's not trained. But that doesn't mean yeah. she doesn't have all of that ability. And how do and he went as far as to say, like, how do we know that like Han Solo, when he flies the Falcon, isn't tapping into the force on some level. I never thought about it. He's just not aware of it. That's what and that's why he's so good at that. You know, maybe there are people who can can use the force or you know can kind of get in touch with the force in a way that enhances their abilities, but they're not necessarily yeah. aware that that's what that is, and you know that's an interesting idea um and I think it certainly fits in Ray's case, and I think you know he's going to continue to lean into that, but I think Ryan also leaned into that, you know one very overtly when he's talk when he's got Luke saying mm-hmm. things like the Jedi must end, and to say that because the jedi are gone the light is gone you know is vanity you know very very overtly saying things like that but also when you see things like you know the the little kid at the end you know broom kid or whatever you know when you see like these different things um going on you know how is poe so good at what he does you know is he tapping into the force on some level that kind of thing so um you know, and I think J.J. is going to kind of lean back into that a little more um, because that was initially
0: what Still his idea was. way for Finn to be the hero he was paid out to be in all the advertisements before this new series, this new trilogy dropped. Yeah, but J.J. loves doing
1: that. He J.J. loves doing that bait and switch. He always has. You know, because... He, he, You know, they didn't show anything of Ray, really. There was a big, you know, there was that whole big debacle when they dropped that Monopoly game before The Force Awakens came out on the, you know, that whole Road to The Force Awakens thing. And they did the Star Wars Monopoly game and there was no Ray piece because supposedly because they didn't Mm -hmm. want to give, they didn't want to give Ray away, you know, because all the marketing was, yeah, but I think that's.
0: That was really, that was really tough for, uh, for certain folks because they intentionally made it out to be like, yo, you're getting like this, this black Jedi superhero. And that's not what folks got at all. Like, I remember I left that movie extremely disappointed. Extremely disappointed. And I still, I still have the magazine. It was a magazine. It's got, um, damn, I don't know, can't even get his first name right. Basically Finn said the new face of star Wars holding a lightsaber and I was pumped and I left like what the janitor this dude was the janitor <laughs> he was a stormtrooper stormtrooper janitor clean up it after guys who can't shoot
1: it, okay okay so he wasn't a stormtrooper janitor he, he did, you know, he did work in sanitation at one point in his training, but he was not a stormtrooper janitor. He was, and if if you, and here's where I'm going to get nerdy on you, if you get into the material that was there before the last, before the Force Awakens came out. There was, um, there was one book that I have and I can't remember the title of it off the head, but it was like it was like these three little vignettes, one about Poe, one about Ray, one about Finn. And it kind of went into their backstories a little bit as to how they got to the point of where they are in the Force Awakens. And the one on Finn was that, you know, he's the stormtrooper and he was um in his little training group, he was one of he was actually one of the best. And he was the best melee fighter and which is why he was it because a lot because a lot of people were like well how could he possibly he's not a force guy how could he possibly fight with a lightsaber as well as he did because he's really good at that (laughs) you know and they showed that to you when he fought with that dude you know the trader trooper guy um you know when they fought with their batons and he fought with the lightsaber and stuff like that that he's really good at that and then so that he could... And he basically got his ass wiped by yes. Kylo Ren at the end of that film. So, you know, I don't even know what people were complaining what people were complaining about. But the fact that he, you know, he was like the best at that. Um, you know, at that type of fighting. That hand-to-hand with a weapon fighting. And, you know, so that's why he could hold his own as long as he could against Kylo Ren. You know, fighting with the lightsaber. You know, and then there's this whole thing about Rey and how she... She had this uh when she was scavenging these ships, she had found a flight simulator that was used to train Imperial pilots. And so she would literally spend like every night just just flying these ships in this flight simulator, you know, which is why she got to be like this fairly decent pilot, even though she was like banging the Millennium Falcon all over the place. But you know what I'm saying? So it's like it's like they didn't they didn't just these things didn't just exist in a vacuum, but like we talked about last week, you know, you have to dig into it a little bit. And if you're not going to dig into it, then you just need to accept it. The, what they show you. Um, but I understand completely what you're saying about Finn and this kind of bait and switch. And yeah, people were like, why you know, a black stormtrooper that's amazing. And need our black Jedi. thats amazing. And we didn't get that. You know, we and got I'll a, go we that. got a woman. Jedi I just, instead.
0: Don't, don't give me the face of star Wars. Yeah,
1: no, I, I, I completely, yeah, I completely understand where you're coming from with that, though. I I completely get that and why people were pissed off at that.
0: Uh, yeah, still now now the anger is coming back. <laughs> uh, but on a side note, I've been watching um, The Dark Knight Rises is on in the background, and oh boy, this movie does not hold up. Which movie? Dark Knight Rises. No, that's not a great movie. No. No, no, no. It does not hold up at, very well at all. Like I'm just thinking to myself, why would you, you break this man's back and send him to your prison and what looks like somewhere in the Middle East? What, what would be the point of that? Just let him die in gotham.
1: Well, I think the I think the point of it is that he wanted Bruce to suffer the way he had suffered in the place where he had, you know, in the place where he had grown up. But, yeah, you're right. It was, like, really convenient. Like, why would you just kill him? You know? But, you know, Bane, I don't know. Like, like Tom Hardy's such a good actor. You know, I don't appreciate the choices that he, like, the, the way they did the mask and everything, and his voice, like, this weird voice that he did. But, some of the like he had, there were like these moments in that film where, where it was really good, you know, um, like that that one moment I'm thinking of uh, when he was like on the roof with uh, Ben Mendelssohn's character, yeah. you know, and he, like he comes in with his gang of stuff, and you know, Ben Mendelssohn is like, um, you know, I paid you good money to do this, and you know, and he's like, well, we appreciate it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And you think this gives you power over me? You know? And, you know, and Ben's like, he's like, you know, Ben Mendelsohn's like, I'm in charge. And he's like, and he puts his hand on his collar, like in this weird way. You know? He just like lays his hand on his shoulders. Like, do you feel like you're in charge? You know? Like, that was a really great moment.
0: I don't feel like Bane was the problem. The voice was a little, it gets weird at times.
1: The voice was a problem because the voice like became a meme on its own.
0: I actually the mask like i love the mask what i oh it, lo- it looked badass what i had some issue with is his his physique um let's just say he didn't cycle properly for this for this film uh i think uh yeah but, i mean tom Hardy's a little dude he really yeah, is he, he could have got on that chris uh, chris evans first avenger weight program maybe i maybe i guess but um, it's, it's just did do Chris Nolan really want to do this film, or well, do you think he was probably done after the Dark Knight?
1: No, I think he wanted to do it. I think it was a story he wanted to tell. It just you know it just didn't resonate the way he thought it would.
0: It just doesn't feel as as tight as the Dark Knight did.
1: Well, uh, Yeah. yeah. I agree with you, but I think I mean the Dark Knight was lightning in a bottle, you know.
0: Yeah, you're right.
1: I mean, you know, forget the Dark Knight for a minute. Look at look at Dark Knight Rises and Batman Begins. You know, because those movies are a lot more even with each mm-hmm. other. Batman Begins has got a lot of problems. Um, oh yeah, in its storytelling. Like the first time I saw the movie, I had no idea what the hell was going on. <laughs> I'm like, what, what? Like, what? Like, what is? Is he? Didn't he just leave Gotham? Is he back? And then he left it. Like, I, I didn't. Like, it. I didn't even get that he was doing these flashbacks at first. And then, you know, so it was like to me, it was like it was like really disjointed and really kind of weird. And I didn't really understand why we were doing this back and forth thing. Um, I think the Dark Knight. I think the Dark Knight Rises. I think. It, it just kind of lost itself in the middle. It just kind of got meandering. Yeah. Like, that whole sequence in the middle, like, after Bane has taken over Gotham City, and, like, it's just, like, kind of turning into Lord of the Flies a little bit, you know? It's just, like, that seemed really long and really weird to me, yeah. you know? And, and things just didn't make sense, you know? Like, okay, so so... Bruce Wayne loses all his money in the stock market.
0: And there's no way to tell that he didn't do this.
1: There's no way to tell that he didn't do this and his lights go out the next day. Yeah. Like it doesn't work that
0: way. Nah. That, that was all too, that was really convenient. <laughs>
1: um, you know, it's just, yeah, it was just the whole thing was just kind of weird. It just it just seems like it just kind of meandered a little bit too much to the point where you got to like, you know, you got to her at the end like, and there's big reveal that you know she's Talia and whatever. It's like, okay, <laughs> that was weird. That took a long time. It just you know it just seemed to meander a little bit, which uh, which Nolan movies can do. Yeah, you know, if you watch Christopher Nolan movies, they they can meander a bit.
0: Yeah, um, what's the, what's the one in Interstellar? Interstellar, Interstellar meanders a lot. Great film, but it didn't need to be as long as it was. It's an amazing yeah. film. Um, the, before we get out of here, I want can you tell the folks the good news? What's, what's what you got for uh, Comic Con?
1: I don't know. We're, I'm going on Saturday, so we're recording this on Thursday. No, so. No, no. We're going it's on Saturday. Oh, <laughs> I think it's better news for you than it is <laughs> for me. Um, yeah. So one of the panels that I'm, uh, hopefully, I'm going to the Star Trek panel. I gotta uh, still. We will. We will have a breakdown of Comic Con and the entire debacle that is the way Repop is running this thing, um, because it's it's been a huge mess and it's really astounding to me that they, that it is such a mess. Um, but it is what it is and no sense crying over spilled milk. Um, but, but the other panel that, um, that I do have, uh, a reserve seat for as of now is the Dawn of X, um, comic panel, which is a kind of another relaunch, um, that marvel comics is doing and and as we we talked last week this you know new york comic-con is a big actual comic comic comic-con um unlike the kind of the west coast ones but um dawn of x is uh is a new series that's coming out um this month um which kind of continues the the last two series which are like house of x powers of x um and kind of this um, idea that mutants um, have like kind of gone away and um, it's, it's complicated, but it really is is a different kind of change in the way that um, it's amazing. You know, mutants exist in the world, right? I mean, you could probably explain so, a little better than I do.
0: All right. No, without giving away like the really good part the Magneto and Professor X have created their own sovereign land, and not like the savage land that they usually have in uh, or Genosha, like they usually have in the comic books. Like they truly now have their own land, their own sovereignty, and it exists sort of like on the moon, but in like a a, a portal. And what they do is that once they ad- identify a mutant they imprint the language of this land into your brain and you can come and go as you please. And, um, the only way a human can go there is if they take you through the portal, but the land is also self-aware. And what they're trying to do is they see, they've seen the future. They know that the sentinels are going to evolve to a point where they're, the sentinels can like become bio organic. They can merge with human beings. So, Magneto and Professor X are trying to do everything they can to stop. It's basically like Terminator, like Judgment Day, like stop Judgment Day against the mutants. Um, so it's it, it's really amazing right. what they're doing. Um, like I love how they're writing Cyclops, and it's the way Cyclops is supposed to be not the way he is in the movie. Like in the movie they present Cyclops as Captain America. No, he's not Captain America. He has elements of that, but it's for mutant kind. Um, Ops is much more radical they've pulled back on Wolverine being the star of the show and they're fleshing out other characters and what Jonathan Hickman is doing is nothing short of amazing the writing is well done, the artwork is great and I'm really excited to see where they take it and this would not have happened if they get, didn't get the Fox right the, the rights back from Fox at all, because they were squandering the X-Men, which is what they've done you know, and they didn't have Fantastic Four. They broke them up in the comic books, killed all certain characters. Um, and it's funny because the Avengers in the books are taking a little bit of a step back. Like um, the book that they have running right now, it's really good, but it's not nearly as good as what they're doing with the X-Men. And I, I can't wait. And you can know, also tell that like Blade has two books now in um the comic books and he hasn't had his own book in a long time. Uh the Eternals are, are starting to get a better run. Um, there's another few characters that are starting to pop up which kinda gives me some hints that they might be getting a bigger role in the in the MCU or on the Disney Plus series. But what was going on in X right now is it's incredible. Like it's I had slowed down on reading books. I was in a more of a collecting phase up until Jonathan Hickman started writing this. Like what he's doing is great. And Mike is very lucky and privileged to be able to go see this panel, and I and I hope he just enjoys it. You can skip that whole Star Trek business, never.
1: Um, yeah. So this is supposedly the what Marvel's pitching this as is this like gonna really redefine the X Men going forward. Um, and so the first one, Excalibur, I think um, launches at the end of the month. Supposedly, we're getting um, like cover art posters or something as part of the panel. Um, I think, uh, I think, like, Captain Britain features pretty seriously uh, in
0: this series, right? Not, well, okay, so um, I have, I, I missed issue three. I just got it. I missed issue three. Also, so I see the thing, too. The way the books are written, it's House of X and Powers of X, and they alternate weeks, which one you can get on every Wednesday. So I had missed House of X 3, and I'm, I'm right on track with Powers of X. So I got to go back and read my House of X 3, then go forward, because I think it's done. I think I think it was today might have been the last day or next Wednesday is the last day for this series. And then they'll go into the Dawn of X which is why I had to like mute some of my friends on Twitter because they get the digital editions and I'm not about that digital life when it comes to comic books.
1: So, but I think the main kid, the first, the first episode that comes out, the first book that comes out is Excalibur. And from what I'm understanding, the the main characters um, are like uh, Captain Britain, Rogue, Gambit, Mm-hmm. i think apocalypse is in it um but it's like uh um but the 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 captain i think i read somewhere that the captain britain is oh. actually psylocke i can see that um you know so it's it's betsy braddock um but she's in like like captain britain persona not the psylocke persona i think um which could be kind of interesting,
0: maybe. I don't know. I got to see how, how it take works it. out. Um, before we get out of here, anything else? <laughs> no, I think uh, I think that's about it. All right, folks, thank you for joining us. Um, we'll be back next week to recap uh, Mike's adventures at Comic-Con. Um, and then with the House of x, x wrapping up, I'll get in that a little bit more. And hopefully I get to see Ad Asher this weekend and Mike can see us sometime. We can get to talk about that. Yeah, I definitely want to yeah. see that. All right, folks. Thank you for listening to Movie Punditry. I'm Randell. And I'm Mike. Peace. Peace, Peace out.